The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Hi, uh, young'uns. Well, now, how was the picture show? It was wonderful. It made me cry. You should have seen the newsreel. Zeke Heil, Zeke Heil. It's not funny, Jim Bob. Well, it looked funny to me. Oh, John, boy, don't be such a stick in the mud. I'm not a stick in the mud. Adolf Hitler is no joke, Aaron. Politics, yuck. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, March the 9th, 2023. I'm Bob Metz. And I'm Robert Vaughn. And this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. Yeah, politics, yuck. That's exactly how most people feel about politics, and that's why they are defenseless against political conspiracies, which victimize them relentlessly while they remain oblivious to their plight. Last week, you may recall, we ended the show with my cryptic reference to the shortcomings of the conservative movement and yet another dramatic and glaring demonstration of the moral bankruptcy of the Canadian Conservative Party, an issue that I said we would discuss this week which is exactly what we will be doing with the help of our guest, Maxime Bernier, the leader of the People's Party of Canada and no stranger to this show. The dramatic demonstration to which I referred concerned a visit to Canada by Christine Anderson, a German member of the EU Parliament whose rebuke of Justin Trudeau in 2022 was featured on this show back around the time it happened. As for the rest of the drama, we'll be getting to that right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave, follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform, and visit us at justrightmedia.org, where you can access all of our social media links, archive broadcasts, and the support button that makes it easy for you to support the show. Because as always... Your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. It's always a pleasure to have on our program the Honorable Maxime Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada. Welcome, Maxime. Thank you, Robert. I'm very pleased to be with you today. Now, before we begin, Maxime, if you don't mind, I'd like to set the stage of our discussion. Last week, Canadians played host to Christine Anderson, a member of the European Parliament for Germany and a member of the Alternative for Germany Party. Now, Ms. Anderson achieved celebrity status in Canada for her rebuke of Justin Trudeau when he visited the European Parliament in March of 22, just a few weeks after he brutally and violently put down the peaceful freedom convoy in Ottawa. This is what she had to say in Parliament that caught everyone's attention. It would have been more appropriate for Mr. Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, to address this House according to Article 144, an article which was specifically designed to debate violations of human rights, democracy and the rule of law, which is clearly the case with Mr. Trudeau. Then again, a prime minister who openly admires the Chinese basic dictatorship who tramples on fundamental rights by persecuting and criminalizing his own citizens as terrorists just because they dared to stand up to his perverted concept of democracy should not be allowed to speak in this house 
at all. Mr. Trudeau, you are a disgrace for any democracy. Please spare us your presence. Thank you. Now, in Canada, she was met with open arms by many, including three Conservative members of Parliament and yourself, who dubbed her the Queen of Freedom. Yes. However, Pierre Polyev, leader of the Conservative Party of Canada and official opposition, did not take kindly to his party MPs being seen in the company of Ms. Anderson and was quoted by journalist Brian Lilly to say, quote, Christine Anderson's views are vile and have no place in our politics. The MPs were not aware of this visiting member of the European Parliament's opinions, and they regret meeting with her. Frankly, it would have been better if Anderson never visited Canada in the first place. She and her racist, hateful views are not welcome here, unquote. Now, as of today, I could not find that he has disavowed himself from this report by Brian Lilly. And also, as of today, I can't find the opinions of Mr. Polyev, uh, what he finds so vile and racist. Nobody is filling in that blank unless he's simply repeating the usual pejorative slapped on anyone who speaks about individual freedom. Ah, you're racist. You're vile. Maxime, could you please tell us about your impressions of Ms. Anderson and what you think Mr. Polyev is talking about? Thank you for asking, Robert. I must say that I know Christine Anderson. We've met by Zoom during the COVID hysteria more than a year ago. And she came in Canada, like you said, for a couple of days. And I was with her last Thursday in Montreal. I had the privilege to meet her in person. Very pleased. And as you just said, she's a member of the European Parliament from Germany. And she's part of a political party over there in Germany that is asking for the same thing that we at the BBC are asking for. We are asking for sustainable immigration. We are saying no to mass immigration. And that is the position of our party because, as you know, they received a lot of migrants in Germany. And she argued that for the good of her country, they must uh, be able to control their immigration policies and they're not right now in Germany. So that's one point. And the other point, she's a freedom fighters, like you said. And I said she's the queen of freedom because she condemned uh, Justin Trudeau when he delivered a speech in the European Parliament because, as you know, Trudeau during COVID-19 was violating our charter of rights and freedoms. So she's a freedom fighter and she fight for sustainable immigration. So because of that, some mainstream media are saying that she's a racist, like they did to me personally during COVID-19 and at my first election as the leader of the People's Party in 2019, where, you know, it was new for a political party to argue for sustainable immigration. So what Pierre Polyev did last Friday, and that was him, you know, that was the office of the leader of the opposition approved by Pierre Polyev, a statement to Brian Lilly, like you said, and also other mainstream journalists that was in the Global Mail, that was in the uh, National Post, everywhere in the mainstream Anglophone media in Canada. That statement that you just read, that he said she was a racist. And so 
What we discovered, I believe, last uh, Friday is that through Pierre Polyev, Polyev was exposed as the fraud he is because Polyev, during the Freedom Convoy, did a photo op. And I said it at that time, it was only a photo op with the truckers, with some truckers in his riding near Ottawa. He was not around the parliament here during the Freedom Convoy. And, you know, it was a little bit more popular to be for the Freedom Convoy at that time, knowing that they had an inside fight against O'Toole. So he decided to do a photo op with a trucker. That being said, we know that he just did that for being able to be the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, because the memberships of the Conservative Party of Canada wanted a real freedom fighters. So he did that at that time. But last uh, Friday, we were able to saw the real Pierre Polyev and is playing the same cards as uh, Justin Trudeau. And he wanted to please the mainstream media. So he threw under the bus the three MPs who had a meeting with Christine Anderson. And he said that uh, Christine was a racist. Actually, the meeting was also with uh, the conservative MP, Mrs. Lewis. And she's a black lady. So, Christine, I can tell you that she's not racist. She's a real freedom fighter. She's fighting for her country, for the sovereignty of our country, like what I'm doing here in Canada. That's why I was pleased to tell her. And I gave her a little PPC pin. And I said, you're a, an already a member of the People's Party of Canada. We are doing the same fights. So... Polyev, like I said, after the leadership, is going slowly but surely to the left because he wants to please the mainstream media and also to have uh, more support in the GTA, in the big uh, Toronto. There's more seats over there than in all Alberta together and also more seats in Vancouver. So now for Pierre Polyev, his goal is to be prime minister of this country. So he doesn't have any conviction. And a lot of people discovered the real Pierre Polyev last Friday, but I knew it because I said the Conservative Party of Canada is morally and intellectually corrupt. I said that in 2018, and that's, that's the reality also today. So I, I'm not surprised about that. And what I'm surprised about it, it's uh, the lack of courage from Leslie Lewis, because the day after being thrown under the bus, she was with Pierre Polyev celebrating the Black Historical Month. So her goal, as you now know, is to be a minister in the Pierre Polyev cabinet, and she's doing everything to please him. And so she doesn't have any conviction also. Uh, that's the reality of Pierre Polyev and the Conservative Party of Canada. I'm here with the one and only Christine Anderson here in Quebec. This is the final day of your tour. Yes, it is. So as a, as a politician who does speak out and be brave, you know, where does that come from for you? Has that, has that strength, has that courage always been there? Yeah, I've always kind of been like that. And my parents and teacher will, teachers will absolutely attest to that. I've always been kind of pain in the neck for everyone. But like I said, I just always felt if someone 
told me something that I did not believe to be true, I always felt the need to speak up against that and, you know, have a debate. And uh, up until a few years ago, it was actually possible mm -hmm. to uh, debate things. Mm -hmm. And now we are in the situation that it's no longer based on the merit of the argument. It's immediately good or bad. And therefore, they're shutting down debate. I don't see it any uh, happening in the near future that anyone will be able to shut me up. And uh, I do realize that's what kind of happened today or what they're trying to do. Well, it's not working. Sorry. Yeah. And what you said is very simple. You will not define me. You will not put a label on me. You don't even exactly. know me. Exactly. And, and I wish more politicians had that sort of courage and ha had that sort of voice. Um, I don't know what German politics is like in Germany, but you've probably seen a lot, maybe not a lot, but you've seen bits and pieces of what's been happening in Canada and Canadian politics, even the leader of our opposition party. The cowardice is disgusting, needless to say. Do you, have you experienced a lot of cowardice in your experience being a politician? And more importantly, how do you deal with that? How do you try to push a politician to be more courageous? Or is it a lost cause if they kind of shown that they're a cowardly lion, as it were? Well, I guess I just uh, try to lead by example. Um, and yes, I've, I've have seen a lot of cowardice. No, I'm not quite sure if it's just cowardice or if it's just opportunistic, mm. uh, trying to secure that mandate, you know, not stepping on anyone's toes. Right. Um, I want to be elected for who I am and not for who I pretend to be, mm -hmm. because that's, got, that's gotten us in this, this mess we are in right now. But I mean, th it's not only happening in Canada, it's happening all over the place, and especially in the Western democracies. Yes. And the reason I always stress the Western democracies uh, to such an extent, I don't expect, you know, freedom, democracy and the rule of law in China I don't expect it in North Korea. I mean, right. these are totalitarian regimes, for God's sakes, you know. Yeah. But I do hold the West Western democracies to a higher standard. Yes. But we are going exactly in that, that direction. And mm -hmm. uh, just looking at, you know, their attempts now to push uh, digital ID. I mean, it's, it's not for your convenience. It's not so your life is better in any way. No, look to China. That's mm. where you will see our immediate future, exactly. Exactly. right there. Digital ID is all about controlling people. And as uh, Vera uh, Sharif uh, just said the other day in a very powerful video message, she is a Holocaust uh, survivor. Mm -hmm. And she said the future prisons will not be surrounded with electrified uh, barbed wire fences. There is no need to. You will have a digital ID which will bar you from anywhere you want to go, but the government doesn't want you to go. So think about that. And if you still believe they're not out to get you, you need to do some rethinking, seriously. Yeah. They are out to get you, and they are doing it as we speak. Absolutely. Uh, I forget who said the quote, but the quote is, goodwill is the goodwill of the people is always the alibi of tyrants. You know? Of course. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's absolutely true. And it's like, like I said, this gaslighting going on, it's tremendous. And it's happening in every single Western democracy. And that is really actually the most scary part about all of this. Because if it was one or two countries going off the rails or going rogue, you know, we could, of course, hope for some other country to eventually step in and say, well, that's it, you know, put a stop to this. But if they're all in lockstep, who's going to do it? Who is going to bail us out? Once again, it's not going to be China. For sure. <laughs> no. It's not going to be them. No. So, I mean, Russia, it's not going to be Russia either. No. Let's be clear about that. So, it's the people. We are on our own right now. And the people really need to get their act together and see what is coming. And they need to start fighting it now. Yes. Now.
it's the time. Absolutely. And I love how you look at it that way, that we are all in this. I know it's a cliche phrase. We're all in this together, yeah. but it is happening in every single country the exact same way in lockstep. And when it comes to the 15 minute cities, that's being pushed here now in Canada. It's connected to the digital ID. All these op-eds are coming out in the media. Oh, it's not going to, you're not going to be. And if you read into it, it's like, oh yeah, you'll get fined if you leave your section more than a hundred times a year. How do we fight this? Yeah, well, we fight this um, by con continuing to do what we, what we have been doing and especially what the Canadian truckers have been doing. Right. You do not comply. You just don't back down. You stand up and you defend your freedom. And uh, when you think about it, I mean, don't slander it away. Um, our fathers and forefathers have fought for this. They have spilled, literally spilled their blood over this. So their children and children's children could enjoy freedom, democracy, and the rule of law. And now we are so obnoxious, so spoiled brats, especially in the Western democracies, yeah. taking it for granted. Mm -hmm. Once you start taking it for granted, it's gone. Trust me. And there is the saying, if you sleep in a democracy, you will have a very rude awakening in a tyranny. And that's where we're headed. You know, we have this conservative party. I know you don't want to talk about what has happened, and that's totally understandable. Well, it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I just refuse to dignify that even with a response. response. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have any sort of, you know, perspectives when it comes to cancel culture? Because it's, you know, as you said, there is no debate anymore. That's just a bad person. Don't talk to that person. Um, I really like your approach on I'm not even going to give that the decency. Um, I also, in my own personal opinion, I think when people are defensive, when conservatives or nationalists or patriots are defensive, it, it kind of makes them look weak. Um, and I saw that you didn't take that stance whatsoever when it came to addressing the nonsense that they accused you of. Uh, is there any sort of tips or sort of uh, mental frameworks that you can give the Canadians watching at home of how to kind of not ignore cancel culture, but realize this is just like a silly tactic that they're using to try to make you just shut up? Well, very simple. Don't get canceled. I mean, so many people have tried to cancel me. I mean, good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they haven't, they haven't succeeded up until now. And uh, I am kind of like yeah, tenacious when it comes to stuff like that. And I know I am a pain in the neck. Don't get canceled. Don't let them cancel you. Don't back down. Keep continuing to speak up. You're seeing this now with all the pressure that, that have been applied to the people. They didn't do that because they were so uh, thinking it was all going to go their way. They did that because they were scared. They were scared the pressure from the street, from the people was growing so tremendously. They had to do something. Yeah. And, you know, this pushback against people uh, violating fundamental rights in such an obvious and blatant way. That is the total tell and the total giveaway. They shitted their pants so badly, yeah. you know, and yeah. they, that's the, the only thing they could think of. And that exposed them even more, actually. There is another saying in Germany, we cannot force them to tell the truth, but we can force them to lie even more blatantly and more obviously. And that's what we've kind of been doing. Yeah, there's almost a synergy happening here with yourself from Germany kind of campaigning or at least 
holding our politician accountable. Do you see any of the other opportunities like that of kind of crossover in terms of trying to help other uh, like-minded, whether you want to call it conservatives or like-minded politicians who are fighting this uh, digital ID agenda. You think there's more opportunities for that in the future? Yes, there has to be. And this is already in the works. I mean, there is international uh, connections between different parliamentarians and the, and the various uh, countries. Yep. I met with uh, Maxime Bernier last night yep. and, and his colleagues. And it, it was really a wonderful evening. And Maxime Bernier actually made me an honorary uh, member of the People's Party for Canada. Awesome. So it's a great honor. But there is many initiatives going in that direction and uh, there are parliamentarians all over the world and the different countries that are actually seeing what is going on and that are willing to speak up and uh, I will continue to work with them and network with them but in the end uh, it will really be up to the people while we can be the voice but we need to be the voice of someone so we need the people that's why I'm so grateful to the freedom truckers I mean I'm not a hero I only resonated what they did and had they not done anything there would not have been anything for me to resonate you know so we need the people but it starts with the people when I first was introduced to Christine Anderson online I mean I've never met her or spoken to her I investigated some of what she's about, the alternative for Germany party and things of that nature. And the only thing that I could find about immigration was that she does mention Muslims. Now, yeah. as we all know, and we have Muslim friends, as we all yeah. know, Islam is not a, a race, right? So yeah. she never mentions race anywhere that I can find. And if anybody can find it, please let me know. So this pejorative racist comment coming from Polyev and others is, again, just that typical knee-jerk slap in the face to anybody who might disagree with immigration targets or open immigration. Now, to that point, I spoke with our good friend Salim Mansur yes. about this, saying, what is your opinion about Ms. Anderson's talking about limiting immigration in Germany because over the decades, they had a workers' program for basically what they call the Turkin, Turkish Muslims coming to Germany, supposedly temporarily as temporary workers, but they stayed. Mm -hmm. And now the face of Germany is changing, and they're at some point getting over a million immigrants every year. And it is putting such a burden on their culture, their society, and their social welfare programs that she is quite rightly, as we are, concerned. Yeah. Now, let's put this in context, Maxime. I found some statistics, which I think that people should know. Historical Canadian immigration limits, caps. Under Pierre Elliott Trudeau in 1984, 88,000 was the max. Yeah, yeah. Under Brian Mulroney in 1987, 76,000 was the cap. Yeah. Under Jean Chrétien, liberal Jean Chrétien, 70,000 was the cap in 1996. Mind you, he increased it later to a quarter million. Yeah. Under Trudeau, you got 341,000 in 2020, over 400,000 now. But what is the PPC's immigration target? 100,000 to 150,000 basically twice that of Jean Chrétien. And mm -hmm. you're the one who has this term slapped at you, oh, you're a racist for limiting immigration. 
pot calling the kettle black, don't you think, and hypocritical? Absolutely. Uh, they don't want to have the discussion about immigration level. What I'm saying, they, the Conservative Party, all these establishment political parties, because now they're pandering and because of the impact of immigration in some uh, writings in our country, the immigration population uh, is a huge part. And so they want to be sure to gain more writings and having more support and more seats. So the conservative, the NDP, the liberals are pandering to ethnic community. And for me, I said in the beginning, you know, I don't care if you're uh, from China, Chinese origin or Pakistanis or for me, you're a Canadian. You're in Canada. You're a Canadian, a proud Canadian. And I will do everything for you as a Canadian. But I won't pander for you because you're coming from China or Russia and, you know, you want to celebrate your new Chinese here and you want to have some money from the federal government. No, if you want to do that, we are in a free country, you can do it, but the government must not promote that. We must promote our identity, our history, our culture, and that's our country. So when you decided as an immigrant to come to Canada, it was a very tough decision for you personally, and you decided to leave behind some of your friends, your culture, and your family to start a new life, a new beginning in Canada. So you're welcome. And I want you to be part of this country, to be part of our culture. So that's a huge difference between us. And that's why we need to have fewer immigrants, a maximum of 150,000. But like in our immigration policy, if people want to read it, they can go on our website, peoplespartyofcanada.ca slash electoral platform and immigration. Two pages, it will take you five minutes. It's all there. And uh, we want uh, the majority of them, maybe 75% of them, to be skilled immigrants. That would be people that will come here, they will have a job. And if they have a job, as you know, it's easier to be part of a society, to integrate a society. And they will have a job because a Canadian entrepreneur is not able to find a Canadian for that job. But today, we have 460,000 immigrants. And 75% of them are not skilled immigrants, only 25% of them. The big majority, 75% of them are refugees. And the majority of these refugees are fake refugees that are crossing our border in Quebec at the Roxham Road. More than 35,000 of them did that last year. And that would be the same thing next year. These uh, refugees are jumping the queue and we are not helping the real refugees where their life is in danger in another country. And in that 75%, there's also the reunification of family. Trudeau and the conservative, they want the huge family to be able to come when you have a skilled immigrants. So for us, the family, it's only the wife or the husband and kids. But for the liberals and the conservative, that's the brothers, sisters, uncle, granddad, when they're coming here, they don't have a job. They're coming here because they're part of the family of a skilled immigrant. We must stop that. We must do like we did before in the past under Trudeau father, under uh, Brian Maroney. The reunification of family was only for the immediate family, husband, wife, and kids, and that's it. But that's our immigration reform. And I believe that we must say no also to the cult of multiculturalism. And, you know, we have Canadian values and we must promote that.
I think we've established that the PPC's platform plank on immigration is not about race. It's not about religion. It's about economics. And yeah. it is a, a reasonable limit um, that we've seen that other prime ministers, liberal and conservative, have used in the past. And now we've, we've come into an area where if anybody talks about limiting immigration, as all prime ministers have done, including Justin Trudeau today, um, they're labeled this this nonsense, racism and all that. So it's not about race or religion or immigration. So that only leaves one thing. What else is Christine Anderson and, and the People's Party uh, of Canada for? It's for individual freedom. Yeah. It is for fairness and responsibility and respect. Yeah. So when a Mr. Polyev or a Mr. Trudeau or Singh come out and throw these labels around, one can only say that the vile views that in their mind that they were rebelling against can be freedom. Christine Anderson flew into town doing this amazing series of talks. Well, if you've been watching the news today, there's a little bit of controversy. And all I just want to say from the beginning is we knew that the Liberal Party and the Conservatives are pretty much the same party. Just want you to keep that thought in mind as we listen to Christine Anderson and Max Bernier have a conversation. Fascinating. The Canadian people, they are so fantastic. They are so phenomenal. And uh, I really have to say, once I saw the Freedom Convoy taking off and doing all of that, I was like, yes, thank God, finally someone is doing something. And that's what the world needed. That's what millions of people around the world needed. And I will be eternally grateful to the, the freedom truckers uh, because you guys did it all. I just resonated what you guys did. Ah, uh, We love her. We love her. Christine Anderson was standing up for us when guess who wasn't? Nobody in Parliament. It was Christine Anderson across the world in Germany calling out that prime minister in Canada and saying, what are you doing? And it was silence from the Conservative Party. Silence. One of the uh, greatest compositions ever known in all of history is our Canadian National Anthem. And that's the song that I get the most requests for. Since its inception, at a time when the uh, indigenous elders of the Makaluk people first set foot into the waters of the Shushwap, it has become a classic. I hope you enjoy my rendition, and I've chosen the key of B-flat major because it contains at least two black notes and black keys matter. Oh, Canada, uh, our home and Aboriginal Indigenous First Peoples Nations land. With true patriot love, soon all guns will be banned. With growing heart cases on the rise, and our true North gender free. From far and wide, all the truckers come in. 
But I'm glad for my Ottawa police, even though they don't speak English. God keep our land. Ah, that's referring to me. Glorious, not free. Oh, Canada, you stand on guard for me. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for him, her, thee, they, everyone, a he, she, who, what, when, where, how, identify, over and under, into, nowhere, hither, everywhere, those, there's, these, ours, please, end this song. message from the government of canada you are listening to just right broadcasting around the world and online before robert concludes his discussion with our guest ppc leader maxime bernier in the final quarter of today's show i find myself compelled to address a fundamental and very inconvenient truth about the racist nature of today's canada let me be blunt the real reason that Polyev has accused Christine Anderson of being a racist is not because he actually believes that she is a racist. His real reason for accusing Christine of being a racist is to hide the fact that both he and his party are racists. Just like the liberals always have been, and we've been highlighting their explicit racism for years over the course of this show's broadcast. And we'll do it again right now. Having heard from Maxime Bernier, how Polyev and his party are so supportive of Black History Month. Just this very week, in my snail mail, I received a pamphlet, no, not from my Conservative MP, but from my local Liberal Party MP in London West. And that was Ariel Kayabaga, a very beautiful-looking black woman, but who in her latest door-to-door taxpayer-paid propaganda pamphlet made it loud and clear that she is an out-and-out racist just like the rest of her party, the Liberal Party of Canada, under Justin Trudeau. And in this pamphlet was a heading, Black History Month. And I read from what was under that heading, quote, Black History Month is a time for us to celebrate black excellence in its many forms, achievements, contributions, legacies, and so much more, as we continue to celebrate the black Canadians, who are the firsts, seconds, and thirds for their different achievements, I look forward to the day we celebrate the 20th, 50th, and 60th. Now stop there for a minute. I, I can't possibly imagine what that means. Like, the 60th black achievement? Achievements don't come in colors, nor is it necessary to ever refer to the race of a person who has achieved something. As soon as you do, you have diminished that person to the status of someone who is unequal. Isn't that obvious? And who gets to rank these so-called achievements according to numbers like 50 and 60? That's insane. But it continues. Our government has continued to advance social and economic empowerment of black Afro-descendant communities by making key investments that help us continue to advance the causes of our community. Now bear in mind that this is being written in a London West Liberal Party pamphlet. But it's clear that by our community, she's not talking about London West. She's talking about the quote-unquote black and afro descendant communities. And she goes on. We continue to recognize the unique challenges faced by black Canadians by making key investments in our community and will continue to listen to advocate and push for the needed changes to see black Canadians not only do better but thrive. 
On February 8th, we announced that the Foundation for Black Communities has been selected to administer the $200 million Black-led Philanthropic Endowment Fund. This fund will provide long-term sustainable funding for Black-led organizations to better serve Black Canadians, end quote. Well, this is beyond shocking and obscene. It is pure racism, elevated to altruistic self-serving virtue signaling. Shame on her. Shame on the Liberal Party. Shame on the Conservative Party. Let me repeat what we've just been told by this sitting MP, that the Canadian government is giving away $200 million, tax dollars, to an endowment fund based solely on the color of the skin of its members. How much more racist can you possibly get? Now, I mean, how can I put that another way? The government's giving away $200 million to an endowment fund based solely on the color of the skin of its members. Like, you can't say it any more plainly. That's racism. By definition, both in theory and in practice, racism occurs at the moment a government enacts any law or social program, or amelioration as they call it, based on race. And in the absence of such laws, race Ism does not exist. You might still have prejudice and biases. But if you're looking for race-ism, just look towards those who constantly inject the word race or racism into every conversation and conflict, and who want the government to do something about it. And by the way, not all collectivists are racist, but all racists are collectivists. You know, you have the term Black Lives Matter, more meaningless drivel, utterly lacking context. It's like an unfinished sentence. When you use an adjective like the word black in front of a noun like history or like lives, you are dividing and segregating those defined by that adjective from the rest of society, which is exactly what racists of all colors the world over have been doing since the dawn of time. Black History Month is a racist contrivance. It's an anti-concept. There's no such thing as history identified by color. History is comprised of a series of actions and events and discoveries based on ideas and a whole host of complex and challenging interventions and relationships. Shame on them for doing this to black people. This is an absolute insult to black people. And above all, never confuse a term like black history with, say, African history, such as that outlined in Professor George Aidi's Indigenous African Institutions. I had the privilege of meeting Professor Aidi back in 1991 who is a Bradley Scholar, a native of Ghana, an Associate Professor of Economics at the American University in Washington, D.C., and a former National Fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University. And guess what his book was about? Get a load of this and tell me if this sounds a little bit hauntingly familiar. From the jacket of his book, I quote, George Aidi's Indigenous African Institutions presents a detailed, colorful, and convincing picture of pre-colonial and post-colonial Africa its culture, tradition, and indigenous institutions, including participatory democracy. Aidi concludes that while colonialism was pernicious and brutal, it did not totally destroy native African institutions and in many ways contributed to their strength. The modern dictatorship under African elites he argues, are equally pernicious and brutal and at the same time bent on the wholesale destruction of African institutions, squandering the human resources and diverting foreign aid funds to their own private Swiss bank accounts. 
Africans, and only Africans building upon their indigenous past, can solve Africa's problems. Dr. Aida hopes to demolish the myth that Africans are incapable of self-government, end quote. And in his autographed copy of that book to me, Dr. Aidi wrote, To Bob, for all your help and enlightenment, Africa thanks you. December 27, 91. And just for the record, black is not a culture nor a philosophy. And Islam is not a race nor a product of genetic lineage. Yet it is in these contexts that the word race is always being used by the racists. The very word race should never even be allowed in any political lexicon of any free nation based on individual rights. The Canadian census forces Canadians by law to reveal their racial characteristics. And you know, in an age when you can make up anything about your identity, including violating the definitions and understandings of words like, oh, you know, male and female, well, the census is really a senseless except as a means of controlling the population and administering racist agendas through what they always call the amelioration of quote-unquote ex-disadvantaged groups, you can always fill in the blank, by transferring the wealth of the advantaged groups, which is always, you know, people with white skin, to the disadvantaged groups, which in practice really means the government gets to steal your wealth and the people they pretend to steal it on behalf of will never see any of it. How is it metaphysically possible to spend literally billions of tax dollars on native reservations where they still don't have running water, reliable utility, or policing services? Now, in Canada, we're not supposed to talk about these things. Racism is a political tactic. It's not a thing. Its purpose is to divide people on irrelevant and non-essential grounds in order to gain the political support of the larger group over another. Racism is a collectivist notion and could never be otherwise. That's why all racism is a derivative of the left, which is the political polarity representing collectivism. Fascists and Nazis are on the left. The right is the political polarity representing individualism, a philosophy and way of life that has no place for group identities or for group rights or for group privileges. It's individual rights and individual freedom all the way. There are no other forms of rights or freedom possible in the real world. This is Dan Dix here reporting for Press for Truth. These days, if you are labeled a racist, you're probably doing something right. And that's because the left have absolutely lost their minds when it comes to the issues of racial inequality. Case in point, check out this super cringy clip of Hollywood actor Brian Cranston going completely woke and making the claim that the MAGA term, Make America Great Again, is potentially racist. Make America Great Again. My comment is, do you, do you, do you accept that that could possibly be construed as a racist remark? And most people, a lot of people go, how could that be racist? Make America Great Again? I said, so just ask yourself from, from an African-American experience, when was it ever great in America for the African-American? When was it great? So if you're making it great again, it's not including them. So it's, it's to teach us in the woke world to open up and, and accept the possibilities that our privilege has created blind spots for us. And maybe I haven't seen what is really happening yet in all my years. 
what a tool that guy is. And if you didn't think that that virtue signaling was bad enough, Check out Sally Fields just the other night at the SAG Awards while she's accepting a Lifetime Achievement Award and she essentially apologizes to the crowd for being white. Honestly, I, I, I was a little white girl with a pug nose born in Pasadena, California. And when I look around this room tonight, I know my fight as hard as it was, was lightweight compared to some of yours. I thank you and I applaud you. And I know that for you, just like for me, it has not been easy. <laughs> what a pathetic and rather inconsiderate speech. She says that because of her whiteness, she has suffered less than some of the people in that room. But how the heck does she know that? Why is she assuming that all the non-white people in the room have been oppressed. I mean, that's rather diminishing, don't you think? All right, so I had to retake this because my last one was just, it was a little hot. And, and it was hot because I'm, I'm getting really tired of people. I'm getting really tired of people who claim to be conservative, who claim to cherish freedom, liberty, justice, sovereignty, equality under the law, prosperity, and truth, and yet still support the globalist establishment in the CPC. Pierre Polivare just announced to the world that he's on board with the COVID mandates and, and mandatory testing and mandatory jabs and all of this nonsense. Again, COVID is not, has nothing to do with the manufactured virus. And it has everything to do with changing who we are in Western civilization. They have to destroy the values of Western civilization if they're going to achieve the goals of sustainable development. If they achieve the goals of sustainable development, we cease to exist as we think we do, as we think we are. It's over. If they achieve these goals, it's over. If we don't stand, if we don't support the political party that stands against all of this, that isn't the establishment globalists, the PPC. All of the evidence is there for all to see. The conservatives are exactly who we say they are. What's it going to take for you to get it? There's an alternative to the globalist agenda. There's an alternative, and it's the People's Party of Canada. The only party to stand in direct opposition, in full opposition to the globalist agenda. And you wonder why people like me are frustrated? Because you can't get off your ass 
and do the hard work that's necessary to save this country, to save the values, defend the values that we claim to cherish. Because it's too hard that you're just gonna vote for the lesser of two evils, even though they're still evil. It's just phenomenal. None of this changes until you change. None of this changes until you grasp reality. The shit we're about to go through is on you. I've already made the choice. I've already committed to the only federal party in this country that will stand against this agenda. The only one. I've already done it. I've already, I've already crossed that line. I did it many years ago. Whatever happens is on you. For all of you that are still committed to the globalist parties, the globalist establishment, who are responsible for all of the insanity, the upside down world that we're living in. They're responsible for it. Hold them accountable. Or don't. And watch everything fade away. So I would ask you, Maxime, what distinguishes the Conservative Party of Canada from the People's Party of Canada, philosophically or ideologically? First, I must say that the big difference is the way that we are doing politics. Because for the Conservative and the Liberals, uh, they will speak about something when they have a majority on their side. They're doing politics based on polling and focus group. And that's what Polyev is doing right now. That's why people, real conservatives, are very disappointed because we are living in a socialist era now. So uh, Polyev is going to the left. We are doing politics based on convictions and ideas and principles. So like you just said, our four principles our individual freedom, personal responsibility, respect and fairness, and all our policies are in line with these principles. So that being said, if something is popular or not, or if something is politically correct or not, for us, it is not important. We are speaking about our vision for this country, and we know that the more we speak about something, the more it will become popular because it is based on common sense. And so that's a huge difference, doing politics based on conviction and ideas. And people said, oh, Maxime, you are the, the real conservative party. I don't like to call our party like that. And I did it before in the past. And I will tell you a, a little anecdote about that. During the last electoral campaign, I was in Halifax. And I delivered a speech outside in a park. And we had about maybe 100 and 50 people there during lunchtime. And so I spoke and that was great. And after my speech, an old lady, I must say, maybe 75 years old or something like that, she uh, came to me and she said, Maxime, I enjoy and I liked everything that you said at your speech. But, but I must tell you, I didn't like when you say that. And when I said that sentence, that was during my speech, I said, we are the only real conservative party in Canada. And she said, I didn't like that. And I asked her why. She said, because, you know, 
I voted NDP all my life, and I will vote for your party at this election. You're not a conservative party for me. You're a common sense political party. And I look at her and I said, you're right. Because when I'm speaking about conservatives, it's conservative family values that we are promoting as a political party. And on the economy, it's more freedom and it's more freedom of choice and competition. Since that time, I said, you know, you're right. I won't say that again. And she was right. So, yes, we are more than a conservative party. We are a freedom party, a common sense party. We have a vision for this country. We believe in people. We have faith that you have the ability, the dignity and the right to make your own decisions and determine your own destiny. That's the People's Party. That's why we call our party the People's Party. That's why we are a populist party, because we put people first and our country first. I am so glad that you made that distinction, Maxime, because it's not only a marketing distinction, you know, to distinguish yourself from the other party which called themselves conservative. It's also a philosophic difference and a, yeah. an ideological difference. So I'm glad that you made that because we are what we do. And if anybody yeah. looks at what conservatism is in Canada for the past 90 years since R.V. Bennett, who said, I am for reform, and reform means the end of laissez-faire, which is capitalism. Yeah. And since then, till today, conservatism in Canada means socialism. This is what they conserve. They conserve power. They conserve control. They conserve socialism, socialist programs. You'd think that when Harper won his majority, that he would have defunded the CBC. No. <laughs> it's still there. Nothing changed with Harper and a big majority. Nothing changed with Mulroney with the largest majority ever in Canadian history. Mm -hmm. um, so conservatism in Canada has a very specific meaning. And I think that I'm, I'm totally on side with you. The People's Party of Canada is not a conservative party. We're not competing with Canadian conservatism. Yeah. We, and I, I would put myself in the same boat, I'm a classical liberal. But yeah. personally, I'm conservative in my values. I try yeah. not to offend. Yeah. I wear non-offensive clothing. <laughs> I, I cherish family and friends, those kinds of yeah. things. You know, as yeah. most people do. Yeah. Now, from all polling accounts, and I rely on 338canada.com as perhaps one of the most reliable aggregates of polling in Canada, and they show both parties uh, neck and neck at um, gaining, if an election were held today, 142 seats each, mm. neck and neck. Now, even with the disgraceful, disgusting, damaging, corrupt behavior of our liberal NDP coalition government over the past few years, arguably the worst governance this country has ever seen, and that, mm -hmm. that's speaking a lot, considering we had to put up with Pierre yeah. Trudeau and, and yeah. others. It is impossible, given these trends, for the Conservatives ever to get a majority government again in Canada, in my estimation. So what do you have to say to those who side with your ideology, your political philosophy of fairness and respect and individual freedom and responsibility, side with your conservative family values, but say that I'm going to vote for Polyev's Conservative Party, mm -hmm. even though it appears 
they're a lost cause for freedom and they will never ever form a majority government again where they can do what they promise they will do yeah yeah you have a point there about a majority government i agree with you it would be very difficult for pierre polyev to have a majority government and uh, you know i'm saying to people you know they voted conservative because they wanted to get rid of justin trudeau they did that in 2019 in 2021 and uh, the result was justin trudeau so i'm telling them for once vote for your values vote for what you believe in and you'll have more chances to have what you want if you vote for what you want so the other question about that is uh, you know that splitting the vote knowing that polyev won't be able to have a majority you, you and you must vote for us because we can be like the ndp of the right the ndp is pushing the liberals to the left and now we have a socialist government in ottawa we can you know keep pierre polyev honest and we will support him when he'll do things in line with our platform. So if you like our electoral platform, go on our website. We are the only national political party that has a platform right now. All these other establishment political parties will do polling and focus group, and they will come with their electoral platform a couple of weeks before the election. We will have always the same platform because like I said before, we are doing politics differently and we are pushing these ideas. So if you like that, go and read our platform. And if you like that, vote for what you believe, because if your candidate is elected, we will support that minority government when that government will be real conservative or will do things in line with what you like in our platform. We won't do any compromise. So I believe it's a win-win. It's a win-win for you. It's a win-win for the country. And I believe that that's the way. And I believe that, that the next election, at that time, I will be part of the national TV debates. I was not part of these debates in 2021 because they were afraid of the truth and the common sense. And now they said they created a new rule. As you know, for Bernier, they said I needed to have 4% of the vote and we had 5%. So for sure, I'll be there and I will debate and that would give us more visibility. And I can tell you, we'll have some candidates that will be elected and we will start that common sense freedom revolution in parliament i certainly hope so maxime bernier it's always a pleasure thank you very much once again thank you robert and have a nice day and to everyone else on behalf of all of us here at just right media have a nice week by doing what's right and taking some time to relax before you join us again for what i expect to be a very disturbing and red pilling show as you will discover by joining us again next week on our journey in the right direction. Until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be and that's why when everyone you're talking about Canadian immigration, everyone is like, we're letting too many people in. Some people are like, we're not letting enough people in. Canada should have the easiest immigration policy. Do you want to move to Canada? Okay, we'll come pick you up. It doesn't matter which part of the world you're in, we're going to come pick you up at no cost to you. We're going to come pick you up. I'm going to bring you to Canada. We're going to bring you here in January. And we're going to land the plane in Yellowknife. 
and all these potential immigrants are going to be excited. Like, oh my goodness, we landed at night. They're like, no, it's 2 p.m. in the afternoon. We're going to stop all the planes a good 900 meters from the nearest building. And the flight attendant is going to be like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Canada. Almost. Uh, if you look to your right, there's a building with all the lights and everything. That's Immigration and Customs Canada. It's 900 meters from the plane. If you make it, there's a passport waiting for you, no questions asked. Okay? Okay. <laughs>